Good evening, Huge Pop Wrestling Podcast. I am Scott, Huge Pop. The next to me is JB from JB Wrestling for Life. Tonight's guest on the Huge Pop Wrestling Podcast, this guy has held many titles in his short career. I am certain that he could wreak havoc on any one of his opponents. I wouldn't want to get meet him in a dark alley. He is none other than the big bad bull, Angus Kaiser. What's going on, my guy? Doing pretty good. How about you? Doing good, man. Been busy. We work with children, um, so my day is uh, stacked with doing stuff with foster kids. And I will, like I told uh, Justin before, and I call everybody, I take this hour or or so to be just a self care, to just unwind, get away from the reality. And as fans of uh, wrestling, I thank you. I want to thank you first and foremost um, to creating that stuff, the 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 matches you guys go through to give us fans that type of um, event to just forget about what's really happening in our lives for that moment in time. And I thank you guys for that. Absolutely. Absolutely. And thank you guys for being the ones that we do it for. You're welcome, man. Um, so can you tell us what was the moment you decided that you wanted to become a wrestler? Can you just elaborate on that a little bit? Well, I think I, kind of go the same story that most wrestlers do. Like I grew up watching WCW and all that stuff. And the first time I'd ever seen a guy by the name of Goldberg, which I know a lot of people aren't super fans about Goldberg and all that stuff. But uh, the biggest reason why I loved Goldberg was because he kind of looked like my dad at the time. And it, uh, it was actually really funny because, like, my dad was a trucker. And so my dad, when he'd go leave and all that stuff, he'd be gone. And then I'd put put on the TV, there was Goldberg. I'm like, that's my dad. And then it would uh, it would kind of fade out whenever uh, he'd get home. And I'm like, wait a minute, that's not my dad. <laughs> that, that's not, where are the muscles? Where are the, where's the cool-looking tattoo and all where's the championship belt what, what's what's going on why are we still in bf iowa <laughs> nice nice um so where did you start training um in your career i started training with uh the rugged pro wrestling forge in uh, marshalltown iowa um luckily i got to um Actually, not not really luckily. I kind of got to uh, experience what the training facility was before the Forge was the Forge. Uh, we actually were training in a little place in Marshalltown called the uh, Salvation Army. And we gather there once a week, uh, sometimes more than one, uh, more than once a week, just to, you know, learn the fabulous art that is professional wrestling. Um Sometimes it was there. Sometimes it was, you know, venues that we were having ma uh, matches at. I know that we were doing uh, one, tra at least one training session at a place in Tama, Iowa, which I believe on February 22nd, we're going to be coming there back there again for a 21 plus show. Don't quote me because I, I, I feel like there has been already an advertisements already for that or, or not. I don't know. Um, and then there's been times where we, uh, did training in the driveway of the location of the forge before the forge was the forge. 
Yeah. I know that's a very confusing thing. <laughs> but yeah, no. Um that was one of one of the time one of the days I uh fun fun little story, a horrible story actually. Um one of the first times that we had trained there and all stuff, I thought I was like, well, pro wrestler, pro wrestler needs tan, right? I need to get a tan. <laughs> and so I got um this coconut coconut uh island thingy. I just put it on once. Apparently, I'm supposed to put that on like every eight minutes, never to put it on again. By the end of the day, I was in so I was so sunburnt I couldn't sleep that night. And freaking, <laughs> we had a um, we had actually gotten uh, booked for a show in Sioux City that we had to go do the next day. <laughs> Wow. So uh, luck, all, luckily, all sunburn and all sunburn stuff. Oh yeah, sunburn. Oh, damn, sunburn, and oh, it was just horrible. And we we wrestled uh, flex appeal. It was me and my uh, my buddy Andy, uh, your boy Andy. Um, yeah, we faced off against Tyler Jones and Austin Fouts. Losing effort, but you know they kind of had an advantage because we were sunburned to death <laughs> that would not be fun i don't think no um so it's training hard can you tell the fans how difficult training is and still today is it um just a difficult thing to, to stay um stay into or how does that go well for for some it is hard and there are actually some hard bits and pieces to it but like when i first started training my th- thought process was it's go time. And whenever I got into it, like I kind of figured like, okay, this is what to expect. This is what to expect. This is what to expect. And whenever it happened, I was like, okay, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's go. I think the hardest thing for me being a big guy was the cardio aspect, but like the way the thought process of mine that came to be was, you need to push yourself. You need to push yourself. You need to push yourself. You can't make yourself look bad in front of, you know, the, you know, Austin, the, the trainers and all that stuff. You can't, you know, look bad in front of the trainees. You gotta, you gotta push yourself to make yourself, to make yourself look not weak. And so there were, there were definitely some hard spots, but like, I think whenever you really bear down and figure out like what to expect and what to um, get yourself to a physical standpoint, it eventually becomes efficient at barrel. Okay. Justin, do you have anything for, for uh, Mr. Kaiser? Oh man, where do I start with Mr. Kaiser? Let me see. No, um, you know, since what made you turn, you know, you were a heel for a while, and what made you turn to a heel to now a face? Well, um, I do uh, kind of remember the the heel days and all that stuff, and uh, it was. I'm not gonna lie. It was it was it was it was just it, it was a smidgen fun because you know got to beat the crap out of people, be be the top dog. Um, 
But I think the biggest reason why I ended up turning face was because I I honestly looked at there's a there's an event on YouTube.com uh in at the uh, Rugged Pro YouTube channel called uh Good Riddance. And I had fa- it was it was me defending the Rugged Pro Heritage Championship against four other guys, Zeke Dynamics, who ultimately won the match, Adam Love, Ray Xi, and your boy Andy. And I had lost. I wasn't pinned, but I lost. And I was I was I was ticked off. I was like, no, no, I didn't get pinned. I didn't lose. That title's still mine. And I was about to t- strip that thing clean out of Zeke's hands and wh- just whack him over the head with it. But then I saw out in the in the the small bit of crowd that we had. We had we had a very small crowd at the forge and all that stuff. And I saw my kids, and one in particular was my my oldest one. Her name is Annabelle, and she was just in in tears and she's just looking at me with those tears going no daddy and i'm like oh my god it's like so like the biggest thing that really got to me was what am i doing setting an example for them it's like the biggest reason why i got into pro wrestling to begin with was of course to be be a wrestler be a pro wrestler beat the crap out of people but whenever i had kids it became more really about them it became more of a motivational thing that it doesn't matter what happens in life what obstacles throw at you you could have you could have children that kind of that not necessarily quote unquote get in the way but at the same time they kind of you know the the fact that, you know, finances, you know, time, everything, exhaustion, effort, energy, you know, a lot of it goes to the children. And so, you know, your dreams and all that stuff kind of get to put to the back of the back, a uh, back burner. But I wanted to teach him that no matter what, you can achieve your goals, you can achieve your dreams and you can be whatever the hell you want to be. Right. So it's like not and once I started getting more into a groove of like, yeah, this actually kind of feels pretty good being a good guy and all that stuff. It be it started being more about like doing it for the younger folk, doing it for the the people that are over here like I want to be a pro wrestler too. It's like but I'm not necessarily the ideal, you know, picture of what a pro wrestler is supposed to be so like well look at me i'm a big big old fat dude that you know can sometimes pick up people <laughs> but it's like i want uh, i ultimately just decided i wanted to be that kind of person for people to look up to and think i want to be just like that someday well that's a great story man thanks for that's a great question justin thanks for that question and uh Thanks, Angus, for your um, your answer. All right, I, I have some questions that's going to talk about your early life, early career, but I'm just going to throw this out there because I like to stir the pot a little bit. Um, several times in this last, the last ten minutes, you said your boy Andy. 
Can you elaborate on Mr. who Mr. Andy is and why he's your boy and not yours? What's going on with that? Well, um, Andy, is, it, this is a little uh, nickname. The whole your boy thing is literally just like his nickname. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, I think it's more of a more of a like a moniker or, or I feel like it's one of those things that he wants people to ah, what's the word? Um, like he wants to be the everybody person. Like the the person that anybody can connect to, anybody could cheer for. You know, if you if you've never been to a wrestling show once in your life, your uh, your boy is the boy for the job to be the one that you look up to 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 cheer for and all stuff. I mean, granted, that kind of takes a little bit of spotlight for me, but you know, he's he's still <laughs> he's still my friend, and I encourage my friends to do you know, the best that they can, as long as, you know, save a little bit of spotlight for me. <laughs> so there's no animosity or nothing like that between you two. Oh, no, no. Okay. Um, I know that there was, uh, you know, at one point in time when I was, uh, I got my, I had my head stack up my rear and all that stuff that um, we kind of got into disputes and all that stuff, had a couple matches for the heritage championship, but um, all in all, he's, he's a really cool dude. He, he trained with me. Um, we we've traveled together. We've we've slept in uh, vehicles together. We've slept in his apartment, my house, the hotels, just you name it. We we've had to we've really had to you know scratch by to try and keep this dream alive. Nice. I got to shout out my mom and dad. My mom and dad are watching. They said, "Hey guys, um, so say hi to Mister and Mrs. Rogers. How you guys doing? Thank you, mom and hi, dad." Hi, Mrs. Mister Rogers. How you doing? Thanks for the support, my mom and dad. Um, love them dearly. Uh, I spent four months with them in Florida, and they went home in the end of the last end of March. So, um, yeah. So, thanks guys for stopping by. Um, who are who were your favorite wrestlers growing up? And did they were they the ones that influenced you the most on how what path to take along your wrestling? Well, uh, I'd have to say that that, that um, I actually kind of had a two part uh, deal with wrestling and all that stuff. Uh, there was the first time, the first part was around like my childhood, which I watched, I was only allowed to watch WCW. So I had, pe I had people like sting, like Goldberg, Booker T, um, not so necessarily much NWO because like my, uh, my family were kind of, you know, like a little bit hardcore Christians and all that stuff. And they were, you know, they were they weren't too happy about the whole NWO thing because apparently it says something in the Bible about the New World Order, and it's like it's it's just wrestling. It's 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 not the end of the world, I promise. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, you know, those were the kind of people that I looked up to, and then uh, second grade, I had gotten into a really bad fight, and my dad was like, okay. So you got into a fight. I mean, granted, technically speaking, I was defending myself. Little, little Angus being a little, being the little calf thing. The play on words, puns, yeah. hilarious. Yes. And um, he's like, "Well, you got in trouble. You got into a fight, and I'm gonna take away your action figures, your video games, and your wrestling." And my mom was like there ain't no way that you're uh, actually punishing him. He was defending himself. 
it was like, I'm not letting you do that. And my dad was like, fine, I guess, you know, you could have your action figures, you could have your video games. Uh, but as long as I have a say, so there ain't going to be wrestling on the TV anytime soon. So I'm like, okay, fine. I guess that's fine. Just watch wrestling when I'm allowed to again. And, uh, I think it was like two months later. He was like, yeah, I guess we could watch wrestling again. I got to flip on to, I think the network was TNT that WCW was on or either that or TNN when it was TNN at one point in time. Yeah. And, uh, it wasn't there. Uh, and I had no idea what the hell was going on. Like, uh, where's Goldberg? Where's Sting? Where's Booker T? Where's, where's WCW? And at that time, I had not realized that it was around the same time of the invasion angle. Yeah. And I wasn't allowed to watch WWF or WWE, whatever, because my, my, my parents thought it too extremely inappropriate for blood and cussing and partial nudity you know the whole you know the whole hardcore christian thing right which i mean i understand i guess at one point in time because you know they're trying to shield my mind from the outside world and potentially become corrupted at a very young age or something like that or corrupted <laughs> you know <laughs> But yeah. um, so for from second grade to ninth grade, I there was no wrestling at all. Like I had the, the the dreams of being a pro wrestler was gone. I had no idea what I wanted to be. I wanted I uh, there was a I had a couple ideas like uh, I was playing Mortal Kombat at the time and I was like, maybe I could be a game developer. But all my ideas came from Mortal Kombat and nothing original. Uh I was listening to music and I would listen to bands like Slipknot and stuff. I was like, maybe I could start a band, but all of my ideas were similar to Slipknot, nothing original. And then I saw, I was watching, um, it was around that time that blue collar comedy was actually getting really popular with, you know, Foxworthy, Larry, the cable guy and all that stuff. Yep. I was like, maybe I could be a comedian. But all my jokes were similar to them, nothing original. So I was like, what am I supposed to do, man? And right around like ninth grade and all that stuff, my family had uh, separated because of unfortunate uh, reasons and all that stuff. And I was left once again having absolutely nothing going on in my life and nothing to look forward to, nothing at all. And I was I was 14 years old and i was just trying to figure out okay what that what do i need to do i've got no escape my i don't have mom i don't have dad i don't have my sisters they're out doing their own thing and i'm kind of left behind do, to figure out my own thing uh and then i saw a commercial for a match that featured uh Dilip singh better known as the great kali and around that time I was like, I was very intrigued by Mr. Singh because of his involvement in the Adam Sandler uh, version of The Longest Yard. Okay. And I was like, dude, that's freaking, he's a wrestler? That is insane. And then right. I, I saw that this match was a six man elimination chamber match. And apparently, this match was being hosted at the pay per view uh, No Way Out in 2008. 
Yep. I was like, dude, I got to watch this match because this guy's going to kill everybody. <laughs> and I'm like, ah, I can't, I can't pay the, you know, how much of it was. I think it was like 60 or $70 at the time for pay-per-view. And my stepbrother, he's like, Hey, my mom, she actually does something that is considerably, you know, illegal. I mean, except of course she didn't, you know, do it for the intent to sell or anything like that. But she'd order the pay-per-view and then she record it. I was like, you want me to record it for you? And I'm like, sure, as long as I don't get out of jail. So then here I am with this tape of No Way Out 2008. And the very first match that I saw was CM Punk versus Chavo Guerrero for the ECW championship. Yeah. And just like that, the the fire was relit and I was hooked. <laughs> So as far as like my childhood goes, I would say if I had to pick one person, it would probably be Goldberg at the time. But like, as I matured and, you know, started getting grasping the idea of like things like what wrestling really was, the technicality, the, the, the chemistry, the psychology of behind it and all that stuff. I started looking up to more people like Batista, like Triple H, like Undertaker, like CM Punk. And I was like, these guys know what the hell they're doing, and that's exactly what I want to do. Nice, nice, nice. CM Punk's one of my favorites, so I, I know where you're coming from. He's just good in the ring, good everywhere else. So, You ever get yeah. tired of constantly working shows? There are there there actually are a couple times where I'm like, ah, I'd like to have a I'd like to have a day off or weekend off rather than I, that I don't have to you know drive two to six to seven to twelve hours one way you know, but at the same time too, I was like, I wouldn't trade it for anything. I really wouldn't trade it for anything. Like. Before uh, doing pro wrestling, I was a, I was a forklift driver, okay, and I had done that for like five years, and let me tell you, driving a forklift for five years sucks. Like, I mean, it's it's fun at one point because like you get to drive a thing that gets to pick up things from high above the sky and all that stuff, but like those things don't have suspension, so if you hit a bump, that's going straight up your back and it's it's not fun at all but um like yeah i wouldn't trade pro wrestling for anything regardless of how beat up i am or how in the hole it puts me sometimes and or you know how repetitive it gets how how consistent it gets because i could uh, it's it's a hell of a lot better than sitting back sitting on my hands going it could have been me yeah yeah maybe angus 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 <laughs> no like what what would be your toughest opponent in rugged pro wrestling ever since wrestling that is a great question i have been in this uh, uh, going on this Saturday, I will be stepping into the ring for the 82nd time 
in the past three years. And uh, as far as like who my toughest opponent was, it's it's extremely tough because I, I've been in the ring with people at like you know Joey Avalon, who's who's smooth like butter and just tougher than nails. And then you've got somebody like Jimmy Wild, who I've been in the ring with, and like he's just so damn quick and so hard. It, it, as 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 small as he is. And no offense at all, he hits harder than almost anybody that I've been in the ring with. But as far as like toughest opponent was, it's, it's extremely tough. If if I had to pick, I would have to say I'd have to say Joey. I'd have to say Joey Avalon because the guy. I, I the, the, almost every single time that I tried to get momentum in our match, he would cut me right back down, and he would shut. He would turn that. He would turn the momentum off, and he would he would just try like I would be on the ground, and he literally just do whatever the hell he wanted because you know it's easy pickings whenever the big guy's on the ground, it, you know, and he would keep me there until I tried to find some kind of momentum getting back up and. It was it was shows show over from there. Good question, good question. So talking about toughest guy, let's talk about your opponent, um, Jameson McGregor coming up. Is he going to be a tough guy? <sighs> I am both very much looking forward to this match and also very looking forward to this match being over because I have watched Jameson McGregor go from where he was to where he is now. And the guy had, the guy personifies impressive, impressive. The guy personifies the hard work and the, he's an incredibly impressive dude. And one, when we first met each other, right, this was in November, 2020. And we both looked at each other and we're like, Holy crap, this guy's huge. And we thought to ourselves, like, we're going to have to get in the ring one of these days. And we're going to have to put on one of the biggest Haas fights in the world. And that was November 2020. And we haven't been able to get in the ring at all with each other since then. And now we're finally going to be able to get to there. Him... You you look at him and you see that he's lost a considerable amount of weight. He's bulked up to no end. He it, dude looks like uh, he could literally take somebody's head off with his bare hands. And then you've got me, who of course has improved. I don't necessarily know about what lost weight, but <laughs> I've been <laughs> trying. I've been trying. I've been trying to eat a salad here and there, uh, hidden beneath a layer of fried foods um there you go i got I the feel, same regimen exactly <laughs> you know your your harshest critic is yourself your harshest critic is yourself so there are times where i'm like okay maybe maybe i didn't do good this time maybe 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 i really need to you know work on the axle grease and all that stuff maybe i should you know take a moment and take a break or something like that 
But then I get people like Austin Fouts or I get people like uh, Pat Powers or, you know, people, you know, all over the place who are saying, dude, for a big guy like you, because I uh, the last time I weighed myself, which that weight scale is such a devil and all that stuff. The last time I weighed myself was last May, and it was 454.7 pounds. And for a 450-plus pound dude, I've been told that I shouldn't be moving the way I sh- I do. I shouldn't be able to do the things that I do in the ring. And people are blown away that I am able to do the things that I'm able to do. And... <laughs> Not to uh, not to pat myself on the back. Well, I I definitely don't believe it, but I've been told before saying that that I've been told before. Sorry if I get a little choked up a little bit, but they said that they I was their favorite big man in the past few years to step into the ring. And I'm like, wow, like I, I must be doing something right if if I'm getting if I'm getting told by people like that that I'm a, a a damn good big guy wrestler in years. So with that in mind, I think that me versus Jameson McGregor will definitely be a hoss fight to remember. And if people don't have the, it's at the forge, which is, so it's going to be, you know, limited capacity and all stuff, but it also will be, I believe it's going to be live streamed as well. Uh, don't quote me on that though. Um, but if it, it, if it's one of those things that if you miss it, you've got you've got nobody but yourself to blame because it's going to be one of those, it's going to be one of those matches that you're going to want to see. Okay. So I'm going to pay attention to the links to see if I can get a chance to watch the live stream or something like that. So definitely. Um, here's a good question. Is wrestling in the Indian Indies a luxurious life? And can you talk about the car rides and all the stuff that doesn't make it a luxurious life? I had to ask that question. I know the answer, but I'm going to get, a, I'm going to get your viewpoint on how luxurious living, you know, because I, again, I work with kids and they think just because you're a pro wrestler, you got it made in the shade. So, I hear you. I hear you. So I, got, I, I had to ask that for the kids. It's all good. It's all good. So, uh, it, and it, I guess in a short answer, no. <laughs> but at the same time, too, like I, I've, I've, I've read all the magazines for uh, you know WWE magazine. I've read all the interviews. I've watched all the interviews online and all stuff. And one thing that stuck out to me was something I th- I believe it was Edge who said that he had gotten one of the best pieces of advice they had ever gotten and it was from Bret Hart who said never cheat yourself out of a good bed. And so like if I have a little bit of extra, you know, moolah and all stuff, if I had to choose between a good meal and a good bed, I'd go for the bed. Because I'll like, yeah, I might be hungry in the morning, but you know, in the morning, Casey's will uh, uh, general store will be open, and you can get yourself some pizza, you know, and that's a gift from God <laughs> in and of itself. <laughs> but uh, you know, there have been times, there have been plenty of times where 
that wasn't necessarily the case. Like, don't have enough cha-ching in the in the pocket. Either that or I didn't get paid, you know, enough from a wrestling show and all stuff. And uh, luckily, I have the luxury of having a van, a, a, a particularly good van. It's a 2011 Dodge Grand Caravan. And it's got those stow-and-go seats. So, like, okay. I could just fold those down. And I used to actually have a mattress that I would put in the back and all that stuff. And, like, those shows that are, like, three-plus, you know, on to seven hours, you know, one way and all that stuff. I just pull into a, a gas station and be like, hey, I'm the in the red van. Uh, I'm going to park out that way. Is that cool if I just park there and go to sleep? I'll, I'll be gone in the morning. They're like, oh, yeah, definitely. And... Honestly, sometimes the that bed was a million times better than, you know, most of the hotel rooms that I've been to. And this is speaking from like, <laughs> okay, so I wouldn't necessarily compare it to like a Hilton Inn or something like that, because I've definitely stayed at Hilton and it's like, oh, so amazing, especially after getting beat up and slammed around and all that stuff, which is rare, but it's it's not impossible <laughs> um no like as far as uh, but as far as as far as like lodging goes for that that's there there's that and but as far as like food goes i i feel like sometimes if i have the opportunity it's one of those if i have the opportunity to do it i'm gonna like if i'm out here and there's this really nice steakhouse or something like that like I'm going to treat myself like a king. Like the uh, last year I had a show in like Racine, Wisconsin, which for my place is about almost, almost eight hours one way. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm going to make this worth my while. And there was this one place I can't, you know, word for word call, say what it was, but it was like this steakhouse right next to the river. Um, and like it was it was nighttime so i didn't necessarily get to see the water or anything like that but it had it been daytime we would have had a fantastic view and i'm like okay so this is what i'm gonna have i'm gonna have filet mignon with two shrimp skewers i'm gonna get a lobster tail and you know i was like i was i was eating like i was gonna get put (laughs) put down nice so i was like you know if i'm gonna have to uh, you know spend you know an hour uh, not an hour eight hours one way and then you know have to drive turn around drive another eight hours the other way i'm gonna i'm gonna make it worth my while right right yeah um where do you see yourself in 10 years (sighs) that's uh It's a little tough because, you know, I feel like the average wrestler would say, oh, I'd love to be in WWE or AEW or wherever and all that stuff. As much as I would love to be in WWE or AEW or Impact or, you know, wherever and all that stuff, I hope to see myself 10 years from now being able to give back to 
those who are trying to get into pro wrestling as much as humanly possible. Like you've got people in this industry that have been here for 10 years, 20 years and all that stuff. You've got people like, like some of the people that have influenced me and have given me advice, have given me leadership, have been the person to hold like, figuratively hold my hand and show me how to be a pro, better pro wrestler have been people like Donnie Pepper Cricket, um, Joey Daniels. Oh, man. there, And the list goes on. But I can't, I can't think of any right now. Right. Um, but it's like, I want to, I kind of want to, if, if I'm not in like one of those major promotions, I'd like to be just like them, you know, giving back to the younger folk, you know, trying to get into pro wrestling, trying to figure out, okay, what should I do better? What should I, what, uh, how do I, how do I do this better? How do I do that better? Should I stop doing this? Should I start doing this? What should, what, how do I get become sharper in the ring? What should I do? And I just, I, that's where I would see, that's where I would want to see myself in 10 years. Got a guy, um, Johnny Cash. He's a um, wrestler out of I, uh, Illinois, I think. Nothing wrong with treating yourself on trips like that. Well deserved. So. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I've, I've I've seen I've I've had the pleasure of uh, relatively knowing Mister Johnny Cash. Uh, I think I've met him once. We weren't able to really talk all that much because he he had his daughters with him but he, he seems like a really cool guy he really yeah. um that uh that title that he has intrigues me a little bit so uh, uh well okay well, well okay johnny johnny cass <laughs> johnny cass i should bring him on uh, maybe i will hold up hey a second. give me a chance give me a second cool. uh We'll see if he comes aboard. We'll have to have this. If he comes on board, we'll have to have this discussion. So we'll wait for him to come on board. Johnny, I just sent you a to your um your your John Pike thing. So uh go ahead, JB. What got any um Yeah. Paying dues. Like ever since you've been wrestling, like you know, have you paid your dues, like setting up the ring, like, you know, doing other things with rugged. You know what I mean? Like showing these younger talent and rugged like you know way you know what I'm saying so like paying your dues like that like what do you do um as far as paying dues go uh I'm still to this day paying dues because um that's how you earn your keep that's how you earn your spot that's how you get eyes on you actually as well um one of the one of the biggest things that I preach to the um because the uh, I I like to stay a little bit involved with the the students of the forge as well. Try to give a little bit of advice. Uh, you know, I I don't have a whole lot of advice, but like if I have any, I'm going to I'm going to share, it, I'm going to spread it. Um but the one thing that I like to preach about the most is if you really 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 want to get yourself out there and booked and all that stuff, just buy a ticket. Buy a ticket, go there, introduce yourself to the promoter if you can, if you're able to. Um, be uh, be of service. Be of service. Put yourself out there. Say, hey, 
if you need anything, I'm right here. I could definitely help if you need me for anything. Um, definitely have your gear with you. And, you know, because you never know if an opportunity is just going to fall in your lap and all that stuff. And then, boom, you're booked on the show because you decided that you were going to be selfless and put your put the bit the company before yourself um you know as far as like paying dues go in general you know there's there's help setting up putting up chairs setting up the the the, the stage the displays the barricades definitely the ring i hey uh, i well i wouldn't necessarily call myself a ring general but um the uh, rugged pro wrestling ring right now, I think I could probably put that together in my sleep <laughs> with how, how many times I've had to do that. But, uh, definitely because of the simple fact that we didn't have, whenever I, me and, you know, Andy and, and them were training, we didn't have the, the ring in one place. Like they, you know, the future Ford students do now, except for whenever we go on the road and we have to pack it up. We had to un we had to load it up in the local U-Haul. We had to unload it, get our training done, load it back onto the truck, unload it, and, and you know that was the our, the entirety of our day. So like, it kind of started becoming second nature. Um, there, I feel like there are other there are other you know ways of paying your dues as well sometimes there it's one of those you know you have to do it you have to do it you have to do it and then there are other times where you kind of you 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 see somebody who's higher up on the card than you and like take for example uh at rugged mania i had my merch set up and all that stuff and I could I, I looked over I couldn't help but notice that Jay Fowler was setting up his merch in like the darkest corner next to the men's bathroom like out of sight practically and it was one of those I feel like since he's such a megastar right now and he's just he's soaring so high like he deserves my spot a hell of a lot more than I do. So I'm like, Mr. Fowler, would you like to put your stuff where my, mine is? He's like, I mean, are you sure? I'm like, absolutely. Because it's one of, like, I know that if I, it's one of those men, uh, like personal mental things that will come in time and the mentality that I have is if I do it now, someone else down the line will want to do it for me. And like, I wasn't expecting anything. It was purely out of respect. Um, yeah. Another time I was, I was just sitting down backstage of Reggae Mania and major league wrestling heavyweight champion of the world, Alex Hammerstone, humongous dude, just ripped from the head to his toes um comes in and he's shaking everybody's hand and i'm like holy crap look at the at this dude and he's shaking hands and he's kind of looking around 
you know, surveying the room where he could, you know, put his stuff where he could get settled in. And I'm like, I know what I need to do. So I go, Mr. Hammerstone, would you like my chair? And he says, you sure, man? I just need it for my boots. I'm like, dude, you can have it. I promise. Because it goes back to that, you know, it just feels like I need to do it. It's it's one of those things that you need to do it both paying dues wise and respect wise, because it's all like, if I do it for him, one of these days, uh, you know, further down the line, somebody's going to do it for me. So I feel like there's the obligatory, I hope I said that right, uh, paying dues. And then there's the ones that your heart and your mind feel, you know, tell you, Hey, that's how you pay your dues as well. So I'm gonna let Johnny Cass in here, but we're gonna keep the we're gonna keep it at a low until the end. We're gonna we're gonna have you uh, there. He is. So welcome to the show, Johnny Cass. Um, to go How's along with what just good, um, the guy to your right has a few words for you. So um, we'll get to that in a little bit. Um, so if you can keep your composure, uh, you guys keep it easy, and we'll get there. Okay. Um, how important is the fan interactions and the merch tables for you personally? I feel like the fan definitely comes first. I mean, if it wasn't for the fact that they decided to use their hard-earned money to come and see you along with the others and all that stuff, there'd be no reason to spend all of your money, your own money, to order that merch and have it uh, set out there. You wouldn't be able to sell anything. You wouldn't be able to um, the wrestle at all. So I de- it, it definitely is fan comes first. I don't believe I've encountered a fan interaction. Oh, wait, no, I have. But like when I was heel. But, you know, it, it was still one of those fan comes first. Oh, you want a picture? Let's take a picture. When I was a heel, I'm like, yeah, fine. I guess we'll take a freaking picture. Let's go, whatever. And I'd probably do some, you know, I, when everybody's all smiling and all that stuff, I'd like to just be like, mm-hmm. this big old smug face. <laughs> but um, yeah, definitely. It, it, the, the fan comes first because it, they're the customer. And I know it's been agree uh, agreed to disagree over the years but you know as far as wrestling goes yes the customer is always right um in of course in the right aspects because like you hear the you hear the um, stories of wrestlers being heckled at airports and you know hotels and thank god i haven't had that interaction yet <laughs> right right but, um as far as like yeah as far as the merch table goes the uh, the fan always comes first if the fan ain't happy, you're more than likely not going to get happy because you don't get their money. So we got this guy I hear about um, at Rugged Pro Wrestling. He shows up every every Rugged Pro Wrestling home, and he's probably every Rugged Pro Wrestling wrestler's favorite fan. Do you have a favorite fan? I mean, there's one sitting right above you. Let's go, baby, Justin Bunny. Can you talk about Justin Bunny? How, what's his, what's, what is it like to be around a guy that has that much energy? I tell you what. 
I want to know what he drinks in the morning. I want to know what he 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 eats, drinks uh, during you know lunch breaks or anything like that. I want to know what he does to because I swear to God he is the human version of the Energizer Bunny. He, yep. he there's uh, I've seen him freaking go from opening bell to main event just on his he's never sitting down he's he's always up he's he's bouncing around he's getting the crowd as loud as humanly possible and it's like holy crap like if i could have his energy that'd be phenomenal because there are days where i wake up and i'm like i can't wait to go back to bed (laughs) (laughs) so um But as far as like, you know, favorite fan goes, there was this one kid um, and I got to see him for the first time in a a while, actually. Uh, I believe his name is John and he was he was this young kid and he was the first guy ever to 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 high high five me, want to high five me, want to fist bump, want to get a picture, want to cheer me. And even even when I was the baddest of bads, you know, he was still right there. Like, you got this, Angus. Let's go, man. Let's high five. You know, high five. And I would I would try my best <laughs> to hide it a little bit, but I'd kind of just like walk by, give everybody the evil eye and all the stuff, and I'd just go, whoosh, give him a whole high five, you know, out of camera view. <laughs> nice, but, nice, um, nice. No, it, it was it was really cool because like. I don't remember necessarily, but he he had a really bad health issue a couple year like a, a year or two back, and like ever like ever since then, just seeing him bright and healthy and all that stuff, it's like it it makes my heart very happy to see him. Nice. Can you talk about your experience with PWP and your title run as a heavyweight champion over there? That guy there, right? Um, so I have actually not ha- held the PWP Heavyweight Championship. Oh, I was very close. Oh, it's okay. I was very close into winning the PWP Heavyweight Championship. Unfortunately, on that night, Pat Powers was just a little bit um, uh, better, I guess. <laughs> um, as far as like my experience with PWP, it's been a wild one. Honestly, I've I've gotten to be in the ring with people like Joey Daniels, like Pat Powers, um, other people like Moonshine Russell, um, Jack Darling. Um, I even got into the ring for the first time with Lars Metzger. And that dude ain't nobody to mess with. Like, I've been speared by so many people in the past three years. This guy, he when he spears you, it, it almost feels like he takes a piece of your soul with him. Like it's it's definitely one of those no one of those moments where you're like, okay, I need to sit down because if I don't, I'm gonna die. Yep. No thanks, <laughs> Justin. You have any more questions? I got a couple more, and then I got to deal with this guy below me. Uh-oh. So you're talking about me? You know, me going to the rugged shows. Hey, I have booed you, but at the same time having fun as a fan because like I support rugged pro wrestling and I love rugged pro wrestling. I mean, every time Angus sees me, I mean, no matter if he was a heel, I was booing him. 
But he, every time I try to take a picture with him, he had that heel face on. But he knows, I mean, you know, <laughs> I mean, it's just awesome seeing you guys at shows. And at this last show, I wanted to ask, how did it feel to be in that ladder match? I mean, what was that, the crowd and, like, the match? Like, how, how did that feel overall? It was a lot to absorb because not only was it the rise to the top ladder match, it was also my very first ladder match ever. Um, it, it, was, it was the main event of Rugged Mania, and it was in front of such a big crowd like I think I feel like that was the biggest crowd that Marshalltown has ever pulled. Like it was almost if I hadn't been doing this for three years, I would have I would have been crapping myself. Like it was it was astonishing. There was people among it was a sea of people. Um but I feel like like I've I've gotten myself into such a mentality that it doesn't matter if it's you know, 10 people, it doesn't matter if it's a hundred people. It doesn't matter if it's a thousand people. Your job is to get into the ring, put on a good show. It, it, it doesn't matter what the outcome is at the end of the bell, at the end of the match. It's what you do from the opening bell to the ending bell that matters. Those people paid to see you, and your opponent, give them their money's worth. So that's exactly what I did. Um, came up a little short. Um, I've been I've been I've been dwelling on it a little bit too because like I don't I don't know if you guys saw my promo for Rugged Mania, but I I was I was saying a dream was gonna come true with me uh, stepping into the ring for the main event. My a goal was going to be achieved by winning the briefcase and a destiny was going to be fulfilled, cashing in on the heavyweight title. And only one of those things happened. And it's it's a very it hits you. It hits you really hard when you're when you end up not being that guy at the end of the at the end of the night. But what I guess what's the most important thing to do, especially as any kind of pro wrestler, any kind of wrestler, any kind of athlete and all that stuff. And I, th I think Triple H said it better. Today, you could be depressed about it. You could be bummed out about it. You could be angry. You could be pissed, whatever. The next day, that's when you start back on your path to being the number one guy in the business and all stuff. And right now, the number one guy is Jay Fowler. He was able to beat Lars Metzger for the heavyweight title. And that's a hard, that's a hard set of buns to, to deal with and all that stuff. But he, you know, it's lonely at the top and there's only room for one person. And I kind of technically count as two. So who knows? So I'm going to do, I call it name drop, where I say some names and um, just give me a quick response. Um, so we already went, you, Jay Fowler, you already went through that. 
JT Energy, ever met up with that guy? I have had the pleasure of meeting Mr. Energy. I have not had a match with him, but I would love to in the nearest future. Alex Kane from MLW. He uh, went up against Hammerstein a couple of months ago, I guess. I don't know if that name rings the bell. Uh, not entirely. Okay. I'd have to... Adam Love, Rugged Pro Wrestling, Adam Love. Not to, th- not to throw you under the bus, but it's all, it's all, bus, but, it's all good. Um, me and him have have sewn up what we uh, we end up uh, breaking in February last last year. Um, we're really good friends now, and he it, honestly he he seemed it, it, getting into the ring with him was like how it felt, you know, wrestling with my stepbrothers in back in the backyard wrestling days. Right. Like it was it was genuine. And it was it was it was awesome, pure and yeah. simple. Would love to would go toe to toe against him with him any day of the week. I saved this name for last. Um, you can say pass on it, or um, I know I think he Rodeo Ron Landles. Oh man, <sighs> pass it if Might you want. Go. I'm good. Hey, no, it's fine. It's fine because me and him. Uh, might get a little choked up. Might get a little get, get a little choked up. I don't want to pass it because he de- he deserves it. He deserves he deserves a million f- uh, fold. I trained with him, and God, he was so weird. He was so into it. Like, oh man. you knew for a fact that he wanted to do something big in wrestling. And I, I wish he was able to do something because he was, he was on his way to the, to the old wine show in February. And he was, he was going to do something. And it, it was so small but in retrospect, it was so huge. He was, he was, I think he was like going to try and do like this open challenge thing where, you know, current rugged pro star, uh, Colin Anthony was going to answer the call and it was going to be an enormous moment. And it um, unfortunately ended up. It ended up not happening. And, uh, he he was he was he was he was one of the guys. Whew. Pardon me. No, you're good, man. I just um I I hear what you're saying. Um, he deserves the respect and uh, definitely. I, that's one reason I don't you know I don't want to I normally I want to give respect where respects due. I appreciate that. Yeah, no problem. If he was so- if he was if he was still here, he'd definitely be one of those guys that. Because I I've had I've had the pleasure of teaming with him in three XW, and it was it was so shocking. I know you wanted a quick response, and I'm sorry. No, I'm good. No, you're good. Uh, like it it was actually really funny because we were we were joking around and all that stuff, and I found out that I was going to end up teaming up with him, and I'm like, oh god, <laughs> okay, let's see what let's see what kind of little train wreck is going to happen, and he 
when he got into the ring, he he put on a pretty good clinic. Like he was he was grabbing people with you know drop toe holds, you know ankle locks, freaking all these kind of holds and all that stuff. And I'm like, where the hell did this come from? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, but no, he. God rest his soul. And you know, is he definitely? It, I'm always thinking about him every single day. I've got a funny, a funny, quick, quick story, real quick, and I, I'll promise I'll give it back to you. Um, back in October of 2021, um, I had bought a little clown nose that you know you, it's in the Halloween section of Walmart. And I wanted to give it to him so badly, but it's like every single time I want to go pack my bag, I forget it and all that stuff. And so now I've got the the clown nose in my my little uh, cabinet in my dining room and all that stuff. And I walk past it every single day, and I'm like, "What's up, Ron? I'm thinking about you. I miss you and all that stuff." And <sighs> yeah. yeah. All right. Thanks for that, man. Um... So Johnny Cash is on the bottom. I'm, I'm going to ask you this question. You said you were intrigued by the belt, his belt. Um, so oh, yeah. my question would be, who is that one opponent you want to face now? That's the first part of the question. Would it be somebody like Johnny Cass to get that belt that he has? And if so, what do you have to say to the guy next to you? Oh, man. I do know that that title holds a lot of value to you. And I've seen you defend it valiantly. I've seen you defend it against more than one person at a time. But like I said before, I kind of count as two, three people and all that stuff. So I don't know, man. Maybe maybe one of these days we're going to have to uh, talk to the powers that be and you bring that title to maybe even Rugged Pro. Lace up the boots, put the title on the line. Because I've been watching you. I've been watching you. And, and yeah, I'd, pretty... I'd, I'd abs. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, Johnny, go ahead. I, 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 would abs I would absolutely love to do that. Um, you've been actually been one of my uh, favorites since I've actually – gotten into uh, independent wrestling and started my journey. Uh, the first show, the first live full event show that I went to, I'm not sure if you'll remember this or not, but it was at Old Wines High School, and it actually was uh, Rugged Pro. Uh, uh, the one I think he went up against Adam Love in a uh, tables, match. tables match for the Heritage Championship, if I recall. And I think that was where I get got to meet everybody there for the first time. And uh, everybody was very genuine. Everyone was cool. Um, didn't have no problems with anyone. That's also where I got to see this guy called uh, Carver. And he was one of my, he instantly became one of my favorites just because of his old, his, uh, his get up and everything. Uh, the professional wrestler straight out of a horror movie type deal. And uh, also, you know, just uh, meet everybody there for the first time, and they they made me at that time, the moment in time. 
the wanted to get into this before to the business before like right out of high school but things just didn't happen that way um but everybody made me feel comfortable enough even uh, i trained with impact pro uh but the first show that i went to while i was training was rugged po uh, pro and it just felt like everybody was like oh hey what's up man yeah you cool you all right you know and if you want, you can do this here. You can set up this there. And I was more than willing to help. You know, I'm all about putting my time and effort into making uh, whatever promotion I'm at uh, complete and comfortable as they make me feel. And and it's just, a, for me, it was the best time for me to make that choice and decision. Pretty cool. And oh, I, uh... I do eventually, I'm sorry, real quick. Uh, eventually, I, I do hope to uh, get to meet you across uh, the ring one day. Also, I wanted to show you this quick too because you met—I believe you mentioned mentioned this before. Yeah, it's a picture of him and my kids at one of the shows at APW, I believe. That's cool. Okay. Was a little less uh, hairy on the face. <laughs> so, uh, who do we need to contact uh, from Rugged Pro? Maybe we get that guy on the on a podcast and bring you two on with Justin, and we can talk uh, business on this podcast of bringing making this championship mm -hmm. match happen. I do know that the main person to talk to is a Mister Austin Fouts. Um, I'll definitely be talking to him in the near future as well. I know that this Saturday. As the live at the forge, live from the forge, rather, and yeah, I'll be definitely giving him a nice little earful. That way, we can get that uh, that shiny little belt on the show and on my shoulder. Oh hell yeah! <laughs> are you all right with that, Jack? Let's, let's you go. Got, let's you got, go. You got that. You Torch got that it. belt around. Let's see. I'm, I'm all. I'm all about uh, uh, Giving everybody opportunity just as well as they've given me is, is I love competition. The spirit of competition is actually what drives me. And it also is the epitome of the MGC belt that I have. Um, every year since I've won uh, that championship belt, I have to fit it. And I also had permission from uh, Mr. Dan Lucen, who is the co-owner of the MGC that wherever I go, I am able to defend it. Uh, defend it. Uh, but if it comes down to where I end up losing the belt and the MGC is around the corner up in Milwaukee, of course, whoever I defend it against uh, pretty much has to go up there and gets to defend it in front of hundreds of people as well. Awesome. So what do you think, JB? I think we got like a challenge. Oh man, I'm not scared to pop real quick here because I'm, I'm going to get this thing uh, hyped up real quick. <clears throat> so, <laughs> I mean, this is this. Uh, I mean, this is the. Um, so, like, what kind of match would this have to be for your belt, Johnny Cass? Will you pull the trigger on Angus, or Angus will you pull the trigger on Johnny Cass? And what kind of match? If you guys had a match, what match would you guys choose? I think that uh, as the challenger, I don't have the say necessarily. So, Johnny, balls in your court. Uh, one of the thing, one of the matches I've always wanted to have since I got into this business, and uh, of course, I, it's 
the fault of the Dudleys, the Hardys, and Edge and Christian. So I would love to have like a ladder a ladder match type deal. Or on the other hand, if it would make it more interesting, have a poll that the fans can choose what type of match it can it could be. You know, kind of get them involved in it. So they can be like, oh, well, I want this type of match or I want that type of match. And whichever poll wins, you know, and they get to see their match. Austin, if you're hearing this, Austin, if you're hearing this, book this match. Because you know what? I think I think they will tear down the house. Let's go. Angus versus Johnny Cash for his belt. Come on. Let's go. Let's get this let's awesome. going. Austin Fouts, this is for you. We got the two guys below us. We're just fans. We're just podcasters. I will personally be reaching out to you on Facebook. I will give you my opinion. Hold on a second. Hold on one second. I will oh. give you the Uh-oh. link. <laughs> I think these boys are hungry. Yep. I think they're hungry to get their hands on each other. I think Angus Kaiser is hungry to get his hands on a belt. I've seen the belt. I think it's very intriguing, very cool. Let's make it happen, Angus. You'll be hearing from me either tonight or tomorrow. I expect an answer. Oh, oh hey, my God. Too, if, you're, if you're listening, let's bring this to uh, Rugged Pro, this beauty. And let's hang it up about 10 feet, 15 feet high above the ring. Oh, boy. Awesome. He's Fox. calling you out, Angus. Angus is calling yeah. you out, Johnny. Let's just, let's do, come on. Let's go. Let's go. How's it feel to get called out, Angus, by someone half your size? I'm down for it. Dude, I, uh, when getting into this company, I thought people were going to be intimidated by me. I have yet to meet the guy that has been scared of me or anything. Oh, oh, looks like I'm... I don't know. You there, Angus? I think you got scared. Austin Feltz, if you're hearing this, book this match. Maybe, maybe Austin's gonna maybe Austin's gonna be taking over his feed. <laughs> oh <laughs> there we go. He, shots fired on the huge pop wrestling podcast. You hear that? Shot? <laughs> Hear that huge pop? Man. But if you have the choice, Johnny, to pull that trigger, are you going to pull that trigger? If you have that chance to. This is your your title, brother. What? The heel trigger? Are you going to bring your boys to syndicate with you? Yeah. Yeah. What's like, going you know on? What? This, this... I, ju- I just might. I just might have to have Sin with me for this. Oh, match. man. <laughs> you were supposed to be there tonight, weren't you? I was, but here's the thing. Uh, so sometimes unexpected things happen at my work, um, and I've been able to get off early on Thursdays around 1.30, 2 o'clock, because it takes me about almost three hours to, to Illinois uh, okay. from Dubuque. And uh, today was one of those days where one of the shop vehicles at my job was uh, taken. And usually at around around 1 to 1.30 is when I leave to go grab parts for uh, the trucks that we work on at work, uh, grab mail, um, uh, 
drop titles off to like other trucking companies, etc. And uh, the person didn't come back with the vehicle until about 2.30, 2.45. So I ended up staying at work until past 4 o'clock. So if I would have left at 4 from work to get down to there, I would have arrived there at around 7, 7.30. And by that time, the show would have been half, half over with. <clears throat> but I will, however, be down there next week for sure. I think I, I think between you and Angus, that match would be like a really good match. To be honest, in a tables, ladders, or chairs, or even you know, be another good match, a steel cage, a steel oh, cage. You got, yeah. yeah. You, you know what I mean? I mean, yeah. I've never seen a steel cage. I've seen it on TV, but I've never seen like a steel cage match up close and person. You know, I think a steel cage match for a title match is hasn't been done in a long time since uh, what WrestleMania two, King Kong Bundy and Hogan. For the title, I have that. That's the last time I ever seen a for a title huge pop. Yeah. Hold on, I'm talking. I think to be, I'm talking to Austin right now. Oh, I mean, we. Hey, I'm I'm down for that match, man. It could be at Rugged or you know at the Rugged Pro Show. Yep. This is also like the. Uh, uh, I want to ex uh, explain to this too. This. This title belt is also kind of like, uh, like I explained earlier, almost like a ticket um, to go up to the MGC uh, around April of every year to defend this belt, which is really, really awesome. It is, this right here is like the epitome. This is the birthplace of Johnny Cass. And I believe right. that no matter, no matter what um, obstacles get thrown in my way, I think I believe within my every, with every fiber of my being that I will overcome any odds in any match to retain this. There we I'm go. Waiting for, waiting for um, Austin Fouts to uh, give me a yes. Or, he's or another good match if if it came down to you and you and Angus, or another match in the future. I got one for you, huge pop. Steer this one up, brother. How about you? Angus, wait for it, Joey Knox in a triple threat match for your belt. That would be <laughs> I'm just saying <laughs> always, always up for the challenge. Well, Austin Fox is at work right now, so um, he wants to come on the podcast, so I will be setting that up. Um, What's the what's a good night for Johnny Cass to be available? Every night about Thursday, correct? Uh pretty much Yeah, yeah, pretty much uh whenever if I mean Thursdays I'm usually down in Illinois wrestling for power hour for PWX represent. Um but other than that I, I'm normally free during the weeknights and uh weekends. You know, I got an idea. Here's an idea, Johnny. Or JB, what do you think? If Bouts, Ass, and um, Angus, Angus is available on our Saturday show, let's invite them all on and get this shit done. Let's do it. I I'm, I'm down. I mean, Johnny well, did promise me when I first met Johnny, he would. I I, I want to see a match. He's like JB or Justin. I want you to see one of my matches. And we talked for, remember we talked for almost a good two hours when I first met yep. you. Yep. You're like, 
JB, Justin, you got to see my match. Man, I'm just, I'm like, all right, cool. This could be finally, I get to see one of your matches between you and Angus going for that belt. Like you said, a TLC match, a steel cage match, or even a normal match, a last man standing, something that's going to be like, that's going to stand for a lifetime between you and Angus in a match. Yeah. So Austin, you hearing this, Angus, let's go. I mean, I think that'd be a, a good match. So you have it. Angus, I wish you were able to stay on. I don't know what happened. I will be in contact with you. Johnny Cash, thank you for coming on for this a little bit of a debate. Um, Austin Fouts, I hope you're listening. Um, let's get let's this do going some business. On. Let's get do some business. And I think if I could speak for for uh Johnny Cass, he's not having any problem challenging Austin or Angus because I'm he feels better than you, and you know it. That's how he's feeling. There you go. <laughs> Huge Pop Wrestling Podcast. Um, I'm Scott. This is JB Wrestling for Life. Um, and Johnny Cass, we're looking forward to hearing from you. We'll talk to you guys on Saturday um, as we do our indie show and uh, SmackDown review. Um, and I, that's all I have, man. So you guys have a great night. Um, thank you, Johnny, for coming on. Uh, meet me in the hot. Meet me in the lobby. Don't go nowhere. All right. Will do.